Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios in Boston, Massachusetts, welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Smokin' Nicole. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and I'm not joined by any of the Smokin' Tobacco team tonight because, uh, once again, John Carney is not with us as he is traveling on the road, as he uh, can be commonly found nowadays. Uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. And Nicole is actually on the other side of the room in a makeshift studio setup where she is live with McAuliffe and KMA for a women's roundtable. So she's live, but she's over there. So I am actually holding on the fort solo tonight, but luckily for me, I have a pretty cool guest with me tonight. I have the one and only Glenn Case of Christoph Cigars. Glenn, how are you? Greetings, my friend. It's great seeing you. It's great to see you. Last time I saw you, I think, was uh, PCA last summer. Uh, so right. it's, it's great to see you. Um, I did see the Christoph team, well, part of the Christoph team at TPE, uh, two of my favorite people in this industry, Johnny Vegas and Jared Trudeau. Um, love those guys to death. Seriously, it was so much fun. You, in, As a whole, too, one thing I have to tell you is – your whole team, the whole team, the Kristoff team, everyone, all everyone, like they're, they're fantastic. They're great people. They're friendly. They know their shit. Um, they know how to sell cigars. They know how to smoke cigars. They know how to talk cigars. They are just a, such a well-rounded team. And, and anytime I get to spend any time with any of them, it's it's always a pleasure. And I really mean that. Yeah, Matthew, I appreciate that. And um, uh, you're right. I mean, I've got a, an amazing team. <clears throat> and one of the mantras I've always kind of lived by in terms of my professional career is. If you think you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I, I'm surrounded by incredibly intelligent people. Um, they're and it's really family. If you ask any of them, um, we're part of the. If you're part of Kristoff, you're part of the Kristoff family. So anyone that new comes on board, we fly them to our office here outside of Chicago. Uh, my wife makes dinner for them. They stay at her house, and uh, so that's sort of the orientation. So we we embrace them as family. So it, it's great. And I'm, I'm truly blessed. That's such a really, that's a really nice way to bring someone into the company. You, you literally make them feel like family. Um, not just like it's just this other job and you got to show up and like, no, like you're going to be here. You're part of the family. Um, such a nice touch that you guys have. And you know, your brand is an interesting one. It's uh it's one of the first brands that I, um, discovered when I got into premium cigars. Uh, Christoph was one of those first brands. I, my first premium cigar was a uh, CLE, uh, no, not CLE, uh, an Aroa for the first 20 Colorado box press. Um, but I think my second cigar was pissed off Christoph. Mm. Um, and that was the first box of cigars I ever bought. The pissed off nice. Christoph Churchill. First time I had that cigar, I was like, wow. And this is when I was still just kind of figuring out what was what. And I was someone gave that to me. It was at Two Guys Smoke Shop. And I was like, oh, my God, this cigar is amazing. I love that cigar. It was tasty. It was definitely strong. Um, I, yeah, loved, I, I, loved, I loved the Churchill size. And I smoked one in the lounge. And then I said, okay, I'm going to have another one because it was so good. And I had another one. And then I said, I'm going to buy the box. So I bought a box. I went home. And I had a third one that night. Nice. You jumped in with both feet, my friend. That's a, you're, like you said, it's a, it's a strong cigar. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. It, it, yeah. Mouthfeel, it's very smooth, right? Savory. Yeah. 
but it, it's about 10, 15 minutes in, you're like, all right, I'm starting to feel this. And I made the and mistake of smoking three Churchills in one day. <laughs> That's and, a lot. and I was at the time a new cigar smoker, so my body was really not adjusted to that much nicotine and the strength. And I, I literally, I was halfway through the third stick, and I was getting sweats. I mean, I was starting to feel like, wow, <laughs> I, I felt it. <laughs> right. There's the meat sweats, and then there's the cigar sweats. Right. So that one will give you the cigar sweats. Oh, it did. It did. Um, but it's still a great cigar. It's it's probably one of my favorite Christoph cigars. Um, so many of them. That you know, it's such a it's such a different brand. Um, you know, the flavors. The, the, the you have, it's a great quality. But like the flavors, the blends. Um, just some of the ideas behind some of the blends is truly unique, different. Uh, the Shade Grown is a great cigar. That's definitely one of my favorite milder cigars. A little bit of the light sweetness to it. Um, I've said it time and time again. That's a cigar I, I recommend to people a lot when they're starting out too. I want to kind of ease them into it. Nothing too crazy. That Christoph Shade Grown is a great, great cigar. Tonight, I'm actually smoking the Christoph Habano. Okay. Right here. Great cigar. What are nice. you smoking? I'm smoking the Grojo Limitada. That's a good cigar, too. That's yeah. a good one. Yep. That one's done very well for us. Um, you know, one thing I noticed about Christoph is uh, I don't know if all of them are. I think all of them are, with the exception of, like, the Woodlawn. Um, but most of the cigars usually have the Shaggy Foot. And then I'm going to try to show this. I don't know if the camera will pick it up. It always has that nice pigtail on the cap. It seems to be like the signature Christoph uh, touch in terms of the roll of the cigar. Um, any any particular reason for that? Any influence behind that uh, in terms of that method of, of rolling the, the majority of the cigars that way? Yeah, I mean, so that you're right. Um, that's uh, one of our signatures is the uncut foot and the pigtail. Um, kind of doing some research when I first started the company, uh, old Cuban scars that was pretty common to have that that Fuma mm -hmm. or the pigtail off the top the uncut foot and the uncut foot it really because the, the wrappers we double and triple ferment we do that with all of our tobacco but when you first light that you get that blast of flavor from the wrapper which is where most of your flavor comes from so it's again it's just um it, it's kind of our unique signature plus there's some benefits to it with flavor and the aesthetics of it it's just it's different try to be different yeah i mean with the uncut foot i mean that's a good point too um a lot of the times when it is done you know you will notice a difference especially on the first light you get that blast of the wrapper tobacco because you have that abundance right at the end that that flares right up it's one of the first things you taste right when you take that first puff in it burns out and it quickly goes away but it's a nice quick rush of flavor right off the bat you can really taste that wrapper right away um, and some companies do it. Some companies don't. Some people have that, um, the shaggy foot. They have the unfinished foot. They have the torch foot. Everyone does things a little bit differently. Um, uh, but I noticed it was very consistent across most, if not all of the cigars in the line too. Um, which I thought was interesting. Cause like I said, some brands will do it, but not all their cigars. Christoph seems to do it on almost all their cigars, which I, th I thought was a really interesting touch. Um, we kind of, lightly touched a, or kind of mentioned um the you know the beginning of christoph uh, but why don't you tell us about that how did you get into the industry and and kind of you know 
for those maybe who don't know, how did you get into the industry and, and what was the inspiration behind starting Christoph? Right. So I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. How's that? So <laughs> I spent <clears throat> 19 years in the corporate world, all in finance. Uh, the last nine years of my career, I was an executive at one of the top three banks in the country. And I just got tired of the politics and the bureaucracy, all the nonsense. And at the time, my wife, Terry, was an independent broker selling for multiple manufacturers. And so we ended up joining forces, doing that together. And about six months later, one of our largest manufacturers said, hey, you guys did a great job. You got a product everywhere in your territory and you're fired. I'm like, wait a second. Hmm. I looked at my wife. I'm like, what is that about? She said, welcome to the brokerage business. So as a broker, it's pretty typical newer manufacturers. They are new manufacturers. They start off with brokers because it's 100% commission. There's no overhead expense um, and you only pay them if they sell. So once they build up the market, they can afford to go in-house with their own sales reps and they let them go. And so when that happened, and, and that was only six months into us working together, I said, I, I can't live that way. And she was used to that. She was okay with building a brand, losing a brand, finding a new brand, building it, losing it. So <clears throat> she's like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to start making my own cigars then. So uh, a gentleman uh, from the Dominican, Rolando Villanil, had flown to Chicago for the first time. And he the, the purpose of the meeting was for him to ask us to sell his cigars. And I said, it's not going to happen. He's like, why not? And I said, well, um, because I'm going to start making my own cigars. I'm looking to buy or build a factory. So that quickly, that conversation quickly turned into, you know, my friend come to the factory in the Dominican in Santiago, take a tour. If you like what you see, you can blend your cigars, design your pa packaging and I'll oversee production. So I went down two weeks later and I said, all right, let's give this a shot. So that's the real quick short story of how that all started. And the name Christoph didn't come out until probably about 10 months after I started the company. I started it as exclusive cigars hmm. and, you know, blending is an art. There's no science behind it. So there was a lot of trial and error. Um, you know, I got lucky with a couple of different blends that did kind of okay. Um, but it wasn't until the first Christoph that I came out with, which by the way, is named after our son, Christopher. And all of a sudden, the first Kristoff took off like wildfire. And then I came out with another Kristoff and it took off. And so eventually, as I started hiring brokers throughout the country, I rebranded the, com uh, the company as Kristoff Cigars. And, and anything that wasn't doing well, I either got rid of or I just rebranded it as Kristoff. So that's kind of the, the short story behind Kristoff and how it got started. So that was back in 2004. Wow, 2004. Um, so you're, you're coming, you're coming up on almost 20 years now, um, which is a good amount of time. Um, in your experience now in the cigar industry, you know, owning a brand, running a brand, um, seeing the way things work versus maybe your former life <laughs> in the corporate right. world. Um, you know, what, what's like the biggest thing, you know, in your opinion, as a brand owner, you know, when you look at the industry, um, you know, whether it, whether it's something good, whether it's bad, what's like the one thing that, you know, you, you wish you could change about the industry from your perspective? 
Um, I love the industry. Let me start off by saying that the industry is is uh, it's a big family, right? You hear others talk about it, you know, Carlito and Rocky, and and it's a it's for the outsider. I think for for the end consumer, they think it's this huge industry, but we're all one big family. It's a very tight knit community. So that's the one thing I absolutely love. Um, the one thing that's been keeping me up at night for the last probably seven years is obviously FDA. Um, that's one thing I wish I could change that they just stayed out of it and we get categorized as something else and it's unregulated, but we're on the radar. So we're, it's a continued fight. Um, and I've gone to the Hill a few times, not nearly as much as a lot of other people. Some of the, the, what I call the, the, the leaders and the Kings in this industry have done a, an amazing job, uh, fighting for us and, and the cause. So. That's probably the one thing I would change, but otherwise it's a social industry. This is, this is the one thing that brings everyone together, right? I don't care how much you make or what you do for a living. You go into a cigar shop and everyone's equal. It's the ultimate equalizer. So I love it. It's just, it's just a great industry. Yeah, I know it is. It's a small tight knit industry too. And it, it, the biggest thing, you know, that this industry faces the FDA, you know, you hit it right on the head. It's, it's, really is and, and today and now we were going to go into it. we did start late unfortunately we had some technical issues and, and glenn uh does have a little bit of a time constraint so it's going to be a quicker show but um so we really don't have time to get into this right now but definitely on the spare note show next weekend you can expect a, a a long section of it um but obviously most people know if you haven't heard by now um the nasem case study on premium cigars has come out today um and, the, and it's, it's a little complicated. It's kind of long. So, like I said, we won't have time to really get into it now. Um, but uh, the consensus being, for the most part, um, that part of that result was that, yes, the FDA should consider premium cigars as their own entity away from other tobacco products, uh, which is a good thing. That's what we've been asking for. That's what the PCA has been fighting for. That's you know what we've all been hoping for is, you know, hey, like, if you are going to get into us, you are going to regulate us, look at us differently. We're not the same as everyone. We're not the same as cigarettes and machine-made products. Um, premium handmade cigars are, are a very different entity, um, and we should be treated differently as such, respectfully, of course, because, you know, we it's just not the same. Um, small win there. Uh, there's a lot of other moving parts to that, though, um, that, again, we'll, we'll get into at a later time. Uh, but I, I do, you know, while I have my soapbox here, um, I do highly recommend we uh, anyone who's listening or watching at home, you uh, try try to read up on that a little bit. Try to educate yourself. That was actually our McAuliffe news story segment for the uh, for the night, but I, I actually glossed right over that part. Um, I feel like I'm all I'm I'm all off balance now because the show started late and just when you get into technical stuff with the show. It, just, it throws you for a loop because then your mind just you leave that mental preparation of the conversation you're about to have the questions you're going to ask because now you've gone to this place where it's like what browser are we using why is this browser not working why are the settings not here and you just lose it all there's like a magic that it just dissipates uh and you, you lose the mojo and i apologize uh i have just i have been shaken tonight but that's okay i'm trying to get there but i'm also up here alone i don't have nicole to help balance me out so I, I'm 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 in unfamiliar territory right now as 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 the podcast host. Uh, this is just not like me. So um, <laughs> I I totally missed on that. It's one. all good, Matthew. Relax, my friend. As I know. We say I, in the Dominican, 
Tranquilo, tranquilo. <laughs> I'm one of those people like I really like it's got to be organized. Things are got to be the right way. And when it when it when it all falls apart, I just I'm like ah. I just I, I I'm like trying to like pull all the pieces back. Um, so like I had said before, last time I last time I saw you was PCA last year. It was great to see you guys there. Um, there was a lot of people who. Who did show was a smaller show than years past, but a lot of people came. You guys were still there. Had a nice big booth, great booth. Um, not really exhibiting many new things as most manufacturers weren't. I think last year was a year of um, kind of just meeting with customers and retailers and, and just catching up with everyone. There hadn't been a show in t two years at that point right. uh, with the pandemic and everything that was going on with that. So, it, But again, it was great to see you guys. Um, you guys are attending PCA 2022 this year. Um, yes. And tell me a little bit about what you guys are working on for that show. Uh, what we can expect to see at that show from Christoph. Uh, anything new? Anything different? Yeah. yeah um, so that, that's a great question. So we, we're really focusing on uh, kind of the basics. We, we might come out with an, another one or two Vitolas within the existing line, but um, because of the pandemic and because of the supply chain issues, it's it's been a challenge in terms of keeping up with inventory and the industry is going through another kind of mini boom, right? So we had, were asked this a lot last year at the show saying, you know, what's new? And it's like, look, we're, we're trying to keep up with production on our existing stuff. Um, our factory, like most factories were shut down for four months and then after they reopened, it was at about 50% capacity because of COVID issues. Um, but now we are we are working six days a week, manufacturing cigars, full capacity. And like many manufacturers, we still have some some uh, su supply issues, but we're we're getting caught up. And so that's why we're kind of limiting our approach to new blends um, for the show, just to keep the current demand, uh, keeping up with current demand of our existing blends. But uh, yeah, you had mentioned the booth last year. Yeah, we have the same big booth and a lot of manufacturers downscaled, right? They were downsized and much simpler. So for this year, it, we're actually going to downscale. Um, so we'll see how that goes. It's this, the same great product, the same quality and consistency, et cetera but it's, um, we're going to have a, a, a scaled down booth. How much smaller will the booth be? Um, so last year we had, I've got to do the math here, three, 12, 12 booths. Um, we're going to eight and we're not going to have the big, you know, big pillars and, you know, overhead banners and that sort of thing. So we're going to test this out see how it goes. Um, just like a lot of people did last year, right? And they still had the same number of customers showing up, if not more. So it's about really about expense management, if I'm being honest with you, because that's not right. a cheap show for anyone. It's expensive for us to be there. I mean, we're flying in all of our sales reps from all over the country. You know, you've got hotel expenses, food expenses, booth expenses, et cetera. So, um, yeah, we're going to see how it goes, but, uh, We'll, we'll we'll be there. Yeah, I know, and it, it's great to see you guys there. But I think you made a good point, and we're kind of still a little early into that that pre PCA 
pregame season where we you know we talk about what we expect and this and that but um you know it, it, it's an interesting topic and it, it's uh, it's nice to have that conversation with with you know the manufacturers when we can um but you know you're right you know and a lot of people talk about tpe versus pca and yeah tpe is a is a smaller show for the premium cigar industry um when you just consider the premium cigars and not all the other stuff that's there so yeah i mean it's a cheaper show um a lot of manufacturers have commented on that the other difference being that tpe is a for-profit show and the pca show the money the money does go to a good place but yeah it, it is a lot to spend and as much as that is good and it's good for the industry when you are running a business and you have to think about you know the costs of all of the other things involved then you have to pay for that booth yeah you're right it, it is a it's a cost management decision um but uh it, it, and you're right last year we did see a lot of downsizing with a lot of brands i think a lot of brands just didn't know what to expect and um it was definitely a small show really really small show um i'm 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 anticipating that this year the show will start to kind of grow back a little bigger there's some other issues you know with pca and the trade show that everyone's it's not really a secret um so those things will be interesting how that plays out but i think regardless of that i think that the trade show will be um bigger than it was in 2021 i don't think there's that strong precautionary i know you mentioned that you guys are downsizing a little bit on your booth but i think you'll see there's more people coming back i know i don't know if i can say on the air uh there are a few brands that have been missing from the past couple of trade shows in the industry that will be making their return to pca this summer uh it's probably not too hard to figure out but i'm still not going to say it until i know for sure because um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly know. what you're talking about i don't know if it's public knowledge but there's some people coming back so uh and we're very very excited for that so i and i think you're going to see more of that too and which is good for everyone it's good for the industry it's good for the trade show it's good for pca uh everyone coming back it's always great to have everyone together um glenn i don't know if i asked you you had mentioned before that uh right before we were getting started you want to top off your drink what are you drinking um this is a little uh vodka and diet squirt <laughs> diet squirt okay so vodka interesting so are you a, are you primarily a vodka guy are you a whiskey guy at all scotch bourbon I, I, um day to day you know it's just a vodka and diet squirt but i, I definitely enjoy a good bourbon a whiskey um blended scotches yeah. So, what, yeah what would you say your favorite pairing is with a cigar wow so it's all personal preference right and i get this asked a lot what's what should i smoke with this cigar or what should i you know smoke with or drink with this cigar um it's all personal preference there's no right or wrong um so depending on what i'm smoking you know honestly vodka and diet squirts very refreshing it kind of blends well with everything for me um, but if I'm smoking like the GC Signature, which is big espresso, coffee bean, kind of a, a mixed berry note in there, a nice uh, blended scotch works with, for me. Um, but it's all personal preference, and there's no right or wrong. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it totally is. It, it, oh, it just, it, it's very interesting to hear someone mention vodka. I don't, think, I don't think I've had anyone on the show mention vodka before. It's always the usual suspects, right? It's always whiskey, scotch, bourbon. Mm -hmm. And then you get, you know, uh, there's the few wine people like Michael Herklotz loves wine. John Carney loves wine. Um, you get the, um, you get the rum, 
you know, the hardcore Dominicans. And they're oh, going to have the rum and the cigar. Get that. You have the people like Kurt Kendall who love tequila. Uh, mm-hmm. But he loves whiskey too, but he loves tequila. So you get the – one of the things that he said when he was on was tequila. Uh, he's really into different, you know, barrel-aged tequilas and stuff like that. Uh, I can kind of see that one too. But vodka is an interesting one. But you're right. It is light. And when you're smoking a cigar, vodka is nice. I, I don't drink a lot of vodka myself, but um, vodka, you know, that's an interesting take because it is such a light drink that you have to imagine being very nice and light and cleansing on the palate, too, while you're smoking a cigar. That's exactly what I was thinking. It, it's sort of a palate cleanser, right? So it works for me. And, the, so. and, and, and on, on like, like whiskey and all that stuff's good, too. But that has its own really strong flavor component to it. When you're smoking a cigar that can maybe overpower the cigar flavor or um, just it can kind of go to several different ways. But vodka is an interesting touch because it won't really take anything away. It'll cleanse the palate, but it won't really take away from your flavor, you know, sensory um, in your mouth while you're smoking. It won't overpower the cigar flavor. It's there. It cleanses. It doesn't do too much. Um, I don't know why. I'm just I don't I just just really intrigued by that because i never really thought about vodka that much and like i said no one really ever brings that up it's always the, the more you know stronger flavorful stuff uh, that right. people always get into um which well, is unless you're unless you're jared who's our executive vp of sales who who drinks straight tito's so you know he's the fun one to talk to about pairings yeah you, you know what it's funny now that you mentioned that he may have mentioned that because he was on here not too long ago uh, but he may be the only other one, and maybe that's why I forgot, but that would make sense. Um, getting back to cigars, getting back to Christoph as a brand, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the clock, too. I don't want to keep it too, too late. Um, one of the things I had mentioned to you before that I really enjoyed about Christoph is the consistency and the quality and the detail. Um, what kind of quality control measures have you set in place um, yourself? For the, for the cigars and the brand um, that have worked out and has kept the brand so consistent and um, it's just such a great quality time and time again. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, our business mantra is quality, consistency, and availability. The availability part, as we had mentioned before, has been a challenge for everyone for the last two and a half years with COVID. But um, the quality and consistency is incredibly important. So on the quality side. Um, we use a, a bunching technique called Enthubar, um, which is a very traditional Cuban method of bunching a cigar. So it's basically all the fillers individually tubed or scrolled versus a booking technique, which helps with the burn, the draw. In addition to that, we also draw test every single cigar, every single cigar, mm-hmm. um, which is to me is critical. You don't want to fight with a cigar, um, whether it's, the draw is too, too hard or too light. Um, so we draw test every single cigar. The other thing is we double and triple ferment all of our tobacco, which, you know, for me, it's critically important. So we're purchasing tobacco from our suppliers. They process it, they age it, it should be ready to go, but we continue to double and triple ferment it to give it that smoothness without that bite, that bitterness, that aftertaste. So that's incredibly important to us as well. The other thing is the supervisors and the rollers and the bunchers are encouraged to be smoking 
every day, all day long, because that's our first line of defense, right? So if they're if they're making a cigar, and as they, <clears throat> they they bunch them, and then after they're pressed and they roll them, they should be smoking them, and they're the first line of defense to say, hey, something's a little off here. So that's incredibly important to us as well. Yeah, you know, and in the last you know year, year and a half with everything that's been going on and like you kind of lightly touched on with uh, product availability and the demand and all that stuff. One of the things we have seen from some manufacturers, not and not Kristoff, <laughs> not Kristoff, but with some manufacturers, we, we've definitely seen that quality control slip a little bit because, you know, people are just trying to keep up with demand. They're trying to keep inventory moving. Um, some corners are being cut, and, and I'm not going to mention names either. This is not what this is about, but you know, it, it's out there. We've seen it. Some manufacturers, and you know what? I, I, there's manufacturers out there doing it that I'm, I'm sure that they don't want to, and everyone kind of has their strategy like, hey, look, we're just we're just trying to do whatever we can to, to keep the business going because everyone's business you know, situation is different regardless of kind of where they're at. So, um, But, you know, it, it's always great when manufacturers, you know, like Kristoff and you know, a bunch of the others, um, you know, they've, they've been able to get through those times and combat those situations without having to, de to decrease on the level of quality and the consistency of the product um, that, you know, ultimately it, it's not good for anyone. And it, it's disappointing when you have a brand that's been good for so long and then all of a sudden, you know, whether it's the situation like the pandemic or something else, um, there's a certain type of tobacco shortage and then you know the specific line that they make like all of a sudden it, that starts to decline because of other factors and they're trying to kind of cheat the system a little bit they're just trying to get the cigars out because people want them and um it, it really is kind of a big deal and, and i always bring this up because it is special and it's and it's important because it shows how a brand can really pivot and say you know what like i understand that there's huge demand i understand there's not a lot of them but you know we're going to take the time to to, to get it right and so when you do finally get them they're still going to be the same they're not going to be any less or some manufacturers have just been able to to make the moving pieces work so that they don't have shortages but they also can kind of combat you know in terms of they don't have shortages in the product line when it gets to the retailer um but they they plan ahead they do other things so that way that they have an abundance you know some manufacturers talk about having an abundance of tobaccos or or cigars already rolled and stuff like that then being ahead of schedule to combat those situations, uh, which has been good. Uh, in terms of that, outside of just the quality, um, during during the pandemic time, um, in terms of the whole picture, not just you know quality, as I said, uh, how did Kristoff really combat and um, plan and just kind of play the game the right way um, to navigate through the the massive boom and the demand and all the other things. And then obviously with, you know, factories being, you know, closed or at very limited capacity for a short amount of time, which can have both short-term and long-term effects on the supply line. H how did Kristoff really handle that situation to get through it as, as well as they seem to have? <laughs> I don't know if they, I don't know if it really was that way, but it seemed to be at least from the outside um, done pretty well. Right. <clears throat> Well, I think it gets back to that mantra, the quality, consistency, and the last point where you're making, Matthew, is is availability, right? So rather than trying to work on a lot, a lot of different blends and new SKUs, and it's like, look, we've, we've got a shortage, shortage in the market, a supply chain issue. 
let's just focus on what we've got and try to regroup and get back into the swing of things to, to meet the demand that's out there. And I think we've done a, a really good job at that. It doesn't mean we don't have issues, but I think we're in a better position than a lot of people. And so um, it, it's, it's just really focusing on that, sticking with the knitting. And, and once the factories opened up and we got back to full production and then working six days a week versus five days a week, just getting back to where we need to be uh, to uh, correct this, the, the availability issue and the supply chain issue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very well said. And now I, I'm, I'm keeping an eye. So I, it, um, I know you have to go soon, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. I don't know how much time you, you do have left. I know you mentioned uh, you had you had to be uh, you have to be out by uh, um, 715 or I've got another five, probably 10 minutes. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. I apologize. I, I, no, it's okay. I I apologize too. Cause I mean, this, this whole, the starting of the show got, got messed up, but that's, that's not just on you. That's, 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 uh, that's on me too. So, but I, I don't, I also don't want to make you late for anything either. So I just want to make sure. Um, but you know, ra- kind of getting towards the end of, of, of the show for tonight and again, shorter show, but, um, looking ahead to the future, you know, even like past PCA, just, just in general for the company, for the brand, um, what are some things that you would like to maybe see happen within the next five years? Where do you see Christoph go in the next five years? Um, maybe uh, certain accomplishments you've had your eye on for a while that you want to do with the brand, bring it to a new height, um, whether it's cigars in the line or just, just coverage or whatever, whatever it is. What, what, what is kind of your five-year plan for the brand at this point? Right. So the, the plan is uh, to, continue, to continue to grow, obviously. And we've seen tremendous growth um, in the last two and a half years. And that's both nationally and internationally. Uh, we're roughly in about 40 other countries outside the U.S. We continue to see that grow. Um, so I'd like to, you know, we, we've got our plan to continue to grow internationally, but also nationally. And um, again, we've been blessed with that. It's been it's been going very well, um, and that's probably the goal for, for most manufacturers, most most brand owners, obviously. But you know, we we'll continue with a good team that we've got. The family at Kristoff, they're the ones that are going to get us there. And uh, we just had our strategic planning meeting back in early February, um, so we, we're working on a few things. And again, once the uh, supply chain issue kind of corrects itself and production's back to where we need to be to caught up to get caught up with the demand of Kristoff. Um, you're going to see a lot more new stuff coming out. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it'll be, um, exciting to watch that happen too. Uh, like I said, Kristoff is, uh, it, it's definitely one of my favorite brands. It's, it's one of the first brands I ever had. Um, and, it, and it's always been good. It's it's always been consistent, which is which is a nice quality to have. It's a good reputation to have, especially in this industry too. Um, so it, it'll, it'll it'll of course be exciting to see you guys continue to grow and, and see what else you guys do. Um, I'm gonna, gonna kind of wrap it up there. I don't want to go too much longer. Uh, I have a couple of announcements to make too. So I'm gonna just gonna rally those off and then we'll kind of get off here. Uh, first thing I wanted to say is I can officially say. Um, the I think we mentioned it before, but I'm really going to start to really enforce it. Um, 
March 28th, Mon uh, Monday, it's, uh, yeah, it's a Monday. Monday, March 28th at, I believe, 9 a.m. We are going to set it for uh, the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation Smoke and Tobacco Fundraiser will be kicking off for 2022. And that is when the raffle will go live. The raffle tickets will be available. They will be $5 a ticket once again. Uh, and there is a slew of crazy prizes that will be involved in that. With all of the proceeds going to Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, last year we raised $7,000 for those amazing kids in the Dominican Republic. And every dollar counts, and it, and it really goes a long way. And the Fuente and Newman families really appreciate it. The kids really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate it. We were really honored to be a part of that. You know, I was talking to Nicole after it, and I was like, we got to do this again. It was just so special to be involved in such a great cause. So just letting everyone know, there will be a formal announcement online. There will be more information. But definitely keep your eye out for that. Mark it on your calendar. March 28th, 9 a.m. It's a Monday. Don't miss it. It's going live. We're doing it again. There's awesome, awesome, awesome stuff being raffled off. But once again, the goal is to beat that $7,000 that we raised last year for Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. Um, always just uh, a pleasure to, to be involved in, in, in that. Um, always, as, as always, uh, you can find us on YouTube and at SmokingTobacco.com where you can find all of our other social media links. You can find all of our other content and, and the haps of what's going on. We didn't get to our segments tonight. I decided to keep the show really short just because of Glenn's time. So I just want to mention our sponsors, J.C. Newman Cigar Co. We are in the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios tonight, as well as McAuliffe Cigars and Room 101 Cigars, um, as well as TwoGuysCigars.com. Two Guys Cigars uh, is a carrier of the Christoph brand. Um they carry a huge portion of the collection. I don't think they have all the cigars, but they have a huge portion of the collection. Um, so don't forget to head over to twoguyscigars.com to grab some Christoph cigars today. That's the number two guyscigars.com. Um, and with that, I'm going to wrap up the show right here. Shorter show, I know. Glenn, I really appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Unfortunately, it was a little bit of a rocky start, but we, uh, we toughed it out. And we uh, we still made it. We got here. We had we had we had a conversation, maybe not as long as we'd hoped for, but we had one. And uh, I appreciate your time. And it's always great to see you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you later this year at PCA. Matthew, thank you for having me on. It's truly an honor, and I appreciate you guys and all that you do. And uh, <clears throat> so, just thank you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Anything we can anything we can ever do to help Kristoff. Um, and, and, and all of the brands that we work with too. We, we really appreciate it. And, uh, and we'd love to do it cause we love you guys as well. And you guys do a great job. So, um, it, it, it truly is a pleasure guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening at home and we'll see you next week. Take care.